Hello and welcome to Podcast on Purpose. This is your host, Debbie Adea, and we are going to be having some episodes coming out that are related to International Podcast Day. We did a live stream with a group of stellar podcasters where we shared the journey of podcasting together on September 30th, and we're going to be reposting some of those in audio format here on the podcast for you in case you missed it. If you would also like to go and watch the replay of the videos, you can come on over to the Pod Tribe on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Pod Tribe. Here we go with this episode on Podcast on Purpose. Doug Sandler is an entrepreneur and industry leader. His book, Nice Guys Finish First, is the number one ranked Amazon bestseller. As a podcast host of the Nice Guys, Doug has interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk. Ariana Huffington, and dozens of celebs. Doug is a nationally recognized speaker, writer, and founder of Turnkey Podcast Company, providing podcast production, editing, and launch services. His Nice Guys podcast with over 800 episodes has been downloaded 2.5 million times in more than 175 countries. And more importantly, he's a dear friend, and he professes his love to JJ Plazais. <laughs> as always, as always. You know, it's, you know I've, I've completely been converted. I have a cat sitting on the sofa I behind love me. It. It's there's, Luna. There's, That's there's Luna. Probably, Hi, Luna. Probably, probably several more behind me, maybe underfoot. I'm not really sure. I've walked into a house filled with cats. <laughs> I love it. I'm all, you know me, I'm all about that. So, um, and I love your textiles you put up. Did you get more than the last time I was there? Or is it the same? Oh, you're talking about my, uh, your photos. Yeah, that's where Debbie go- stayed the night, remember? In your yeah. Office when you they go up to the ceiling. Super comfy uh, futon, by the way, if you ever need to stay over at their place. <laughs> okay. Tell enough for six foot tall person. So anyway. Good to know. Um, <laughs> So, um, so I wanted to talk to you guys because a lot of people don't actually co-host and, and aren't usually relationship in relationship and relationship in podcasting too, right? So, um, what what is it like when you guys share a show and how does that go and how how authentic do you be on the podcast? What's what's the experience like? Do tell behind the scenes. JJ, would you like to start, or you want me to share share my philosophy first? Either way is fine. Why don't you share first? <laughs> okay. All right. That's cool. So uh, it, for me, podcasting has always been the this microphone, is, as JJ and I always joke about, uh, this microphone is my truth serum. So you put this microphone in my face and all of a sudden there are there are absolutely no secrets that I that I won't share. <laughs> right? JJ is like, I mean, JJ and I host co-host a show together. Uh, she started the show. I came on board uh, years after she started it called Women, Men, and Relationships. And it was so great. What, a, what great therapy for me to get involved in a show right on the tail end of a divorce when I needed all of this healing and I needed this therapy. And, and the show, JJ, is amazing. I mean, she is a therapist on her own, you know, on her own right. So for me to be able to, um, to steal the coaching and the therapy from her as I'm co-hosting and her partner at the same time, I was getting it so many different ways. And it was so mm-hmm. wonderful to be able to experience that live on the show and um, help other people heal in my process of healing as well. That's awesome. All right, JJ, what say you? (laughs) What say I? Um, Actually, what's really been fun is, well, being that Doug is his own, has his own show and now two shows and now three shows, um, actually probably more four shows. I mean, you know, know, everyone made fun of me for a little while and y'all doing it now. So what I, what I'm going to say is that y'all following my footsteps and everyone has more shows than one. That's so so, true. Yeah, it is true. Right, because you don't make fun of me. But so, <laughs> what we 
Are you oh, crazy? That's, our, that's our bad internet. That's that's our, that's so our bad internet connection happening. Well, now we're both on it, right? <laughs> yep. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear um, you now. You know, ha- having a partner who's a podcaster who isn't who's willing to put himself out there, to willing to talk about hard things, willing to be vulnerable on the mic, uh, is is important for me because that's kind of how I lead. And so, for us to actually talk about real things, like one of the, probably the next guest who's been on the most has been Michael Neely <laughs> on uh, women, <laughs> men, and relationships. I mean, just the three of us will sit around and drink wine and talk on the on the show. And, and at my event and talking about why, you know, how do we market to men and why men aren't coming to more events and what, what, what they're afraid of and about divorce and marriage and working out your stuff. So for me, having a co-host who can, who is willing to go there and to be real and to be honest and to share our own issues with the people who are listening to show them that we're like them and we're on the same path. And maybe we are, we're a few steps ahead in some ways, but uh, and then, of course, we compliment each other well because I'm the more serious one and he's oh, the yeah. more goofball um, <laughs> most of the time. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So so it's been really fun. We record in the car. We record in bed. We have recorded <laughs> on the beach. Pools uh, with watermelon wraps. I've been on with you guys. Pools. Thank you, Debbie. You were there for that outside with, so with fun. many people celebrating Doug's uh, coming to California. So yeah, it's been, it's really fun. So, and, but the thing is it's flexible. It's not like, I don't make the show about that. It has to be he and I, that it can be us. It can be me. Uh, hasn't quite been you yet on your own, but uh, if you're interested, we'll talk. But you know, so it's, Wait, it leaves room on my for own flexibility. With, were, were you talking about with relationship stuff? Because I got a bunch of stuff that I do on my own. Mm. I meant on the show, like oh you know, yeah, the show's yeah. Format, uh, yeah. I'm not is quite ready for I'm, when you have a partner. I'm not quite ready for for the the JJ level of therapy and do it on my own. Although I probably should have a show on women, men, and relationships that it's strictly speaking to the guys. I bet I could, given enough coaching on how to how how to house and and host a solo episode. I I get challenged by solo episodes. It's I it's like I always need someone there to either make validate me or to I don't know I don't know what it is, but <laughs> keep, yeah, I keep you in a, in a straight keep you in yeah, linear. <laughs> that's that's what it is. I'm like squirrel. <laughs> I love that about you though, Doug. I have to say. And I'm Jeez. seeing a new show getting birth now. There's a whole new show coming. What? No. Yeah, I think you mean Doug's gonna have a solo episode. We're gonna groom him for a solo episode on women, men, and relationships. That's awesome. Because he doesn't do his show solo either. I mean, he's all all of my shows are interview based. I I love the sounding board of having a guest that I have someone to talk to. So for me, that's that does make it. And but JJ could literally sit at that computer for, you know, 45 minutes, at least 45 minutes and have this this monologue and and just completely be coherent. And I don't have the wherewithal to or the level of expertise, I think that she that she has in anything. And I've built businesses and I've done my own stuff for, for decades. And I just don't think I could sit there and chat with myself for 45 minutes. I love how you guys love each other. You're so awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thank so, you. Do you have any advice for anyone who's wanting to co-host a show, like in terms of, you know, sharing the mic, uh, sharing, bringing your skill sets in even more showing up for each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the most important thing is to understand where your zone of genius is and you really have to find someone that compliments you um, so very well. To have someone that is a co-host just because you guys happen to be in the same business or you have to have chemistry. If you don't have chemistry, it makes it really challenging. I've been uh, hosting a show called The Nice Guys on Business Podcast, as, as you mentioned. 
and we're nearly as of the airing of this um, at episode 1000 of that of that uh, I know it's crazy and we've been doing that for five years and we now do five episodes a week two really casual episodes and three more business focused and without the um, without the chemistry that I have with my co-host Strickland Bonner I would have a very challenging time with that show and the same thing being said about uh, women, men in relationships with JJ is that we have such great chemistry that it's easy for me to just kind of fit into the conversation because she, she understands and knows where I'm going to be able to add to the conversation and doesn't feel threatened by that. And you have to be able to just, again, chemistry is important. Have a cooperative effort together is important to know when to shut up, to know when to talk and, and to know when, Hey, okay, let's leave this subject behind and let's move on to the next one. Cause we're just going to agree to disagree about this. Totally. And we love you, Strick, by the way. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Strickland. <laughs> Shout out to Strick. Uh, Strickland, I guess what I should call him. I was Either way. Okay. <laughs> what about you, JJ? What's your advice for anyone who's... Well, you know, I started my show with a lot of... Uh, well, I, I had solo episodes the first week of my show because, I, because, again, I have so much information in different areas that I wanted to showcase that I could help people in this area or this area with whatever it was, wellness, relationships, and um, psychology, astrology. So, I mean, I've got a ton of solo shows from the beginning. <clears throat> and I, and my, I would say as a co-host, because I have other friends that have started with co-hosts, and then the people move, and then they're left without a co-host. So it depends mm -hmm. on what you feel you know, comfortable with. And then you can have like rotating co-hosts. And so I think it's a fun fun position to have, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on having to have the same person or even having one, you know, because then you're stuck. Then you're like, well, if we can't to get, get together, what happens to the show? Or, oh my God, what I'm going to do, they can't get on or their internet's down. Like you have to be flexible in order for, I think, podcasting as a business to serve you. And that means having all the skills of having a co-host, having a bad guest, doing a solo show, having a multiple people on the show, having a group day. Um, so I, so I think for anyone that, you know, co-hosting, if you haven't done it before, like think about bringing someone else on. I, I have a show that I thought about a, a potential sponsor, an affiliate that I work with. And I'm like, I wonder if she'd ever want to come on and sort of be a co-host every so often. I haven't asked her yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm rolling around with it because like Doug, he comes in for women and relationships, but that show does get aired on a couple different podcasts. So people who listen to fit to love, hear him, people listen to spirit purpose, energy, hear him, uh, not nutrition, alternative medicine though. Um, but so yeah. I would say, try it. It's fun. <laughs> It, it's fun. And like Doug said, if there's good chemistry, it also gives life to your new life to your show. It makes it more exciting sometimes. And depending on the chemistry and the reach of the other person, uh, it could be good exposure for your show. That's interesting. Co-host swapping. You could, co you know, like well, the other thing to keep in mind is it's really critical or essential in the process of putting the show together that what are the goals of both of those people? You know, when I created Nice Guys on Business podcast, I was looking for a co-host at the time and Strickland and I, who had had a 20 year relationship prior to that, it was really easy to fit into that relation, you know, further in that relationship. Also considering the fact that he didn't have anything to promote. He wasn't necessarily looking to, for, to start this other business. This was all driven by me writing a book and the book needing promotion and using the podcast as a promoting platform. And he just kind of rode along with it until we figured out how is it that we can play well together? What, what can we work on together? And it ended up being podcast production for us. So it really was a really good fit for us in business. And now we are a partner, you know, in this, in our business, Turnkey Podcast Productions. And it just makes things really, really easy. Now we have a common goal of promoting 
um, the business. The other side of it is we do five episodes a week. As I said, he only is involved in two of those, the days that we are more casual. I handle all of the interviews. It would be really challenging to put all of our schedules together, especially when you're, you're not doing it full-time like he's not doing it full-time and I am. So to put his schedule together, I would have to be very sensitive to the fact that he's got a full-time job, he's got other things that he's doing, and um, how would we put the guest in there as well? All of those things considered, it just made more sense for me to handle the interviews and create this other side of the show. That's awesome. But, but you even had, like, there have been times where you and I were out of town and there was someone came on on Tuesday yeah. to be a rotating guest. You had people from the audience right. who came on as, as a rotating, or, and even from your staff to be another host who replaced you. And then there have been times where, like, you and I were on the beach and we recorded, uh, you know, a show at the beach that went on Nice Flexibility. Guys. Flexibility <laughs> is, is key. And as long as you, you know, the, the, the bottom line with your, with your episodes is if you're putting out episodes five days a week, you need to be there five days a week. You know, not five days in a row, I'm saying, but if you could bulk, bulk record something or batch record something and, and let it release it when it's supposed to come out, as long as you're not skipping episodes, because your community, we have our community reach out to us. If there's ever an episode that is even a couple of hours late, we have people that listen every day on their commute. So oftentimes it's not our fault. Let's, I don't want to say it's not our fault, but we'll release something and our host, it'll get stuck in the host or it'll get released or strict if it was our fault, let's say he may have put (laughs) AM as as opposed to PM as release date or PM as opposed to AM. And we will have community members call us, text us, voicemail, anything us to say, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm not getting my dose of the nice guys today. Where are you thinking? (laughs) Hey, are you guys still doing this? It's like, Five years of doing it, a thousand episodes. Yes, we're still doing this. We're not stopping. <laughs> That's when you know you have really loyal fans when they really miss you. If you're just yeah. like an hour late, right? I know, an yeah. hour late. I'm like, you guys, you are, you are like nice guys addicted or something. I, I don't know, but we have about thirty or thirty-five of those kind of fans, and, and you know, even though we have a, a pretty good listening base, those are the only thirty-five that we hear from consistently, over and over and over again. They're in our community <laughs> group as well. They're your super fans. They're your super yeah, fans. they are our super fans. I would so- agree. Podcasting has really changed both of your lives, obviously. So that podcasting has brought you together, right? So what would you say the impact of podcasting has been for, for each of you guys? Well, I think for me, it's, it's been a complete uh, game changer, a life changer for me, both professionally and personally. I mean, literally, uh, JJ and I met at a podcasting conference, um, and I was introduced to JJ as someone that was going to be a guest on my show, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, on my a, show. It's a lifelong show, just say. Yeah, just say, so you know, it's a really long show, 24 <laughs> exactly. and, and then we discovered through that initial <laughs> meeting that we were going to be at New Media Summit, which you, you've been to also several yeah. times, Debbie. And, Love we, it. Yeah. and we've really enjoyed that. Um, our relationship really blossomed at a new media summit. And then beyond that, um, we have everything we do revolves around the podcasting space. So whether it's professionally in building my business of podcast production or building any number of the shows, even my passion project, which is called the uh, Ford Mustang, the early years podcast, uh, which makes no money, but I enjoy doing all of <laughs> those yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Good, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll figure out a way. I'm not even looking for a way. It will find me, I'm sure. It's market to, to... research. We were just talking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, I use it for lead generation, business development, personal yeah. relationships, co-hosting, building friendships, building my network. If it wasn't for, imagine doing of the thousand episodes, uh, roughly 700 of those have been uh, interview episodes. So imagine my network of people that have grown 
from from just doing interviews alone. And you know as well as I do that it's almost like you're in a selfish spot because the people that come on my show generally are experts in whatever industry they're coming from. And so I'm getting coached by these people that are coming on my show, teaching me about all of these amazing things that have happened in their life. You know, Steve Ulsher is one of those examples. He said to me, Hey, and at the time we had uh, a little over a million or a million and a half downloads. I can't remember the number. And he threw out some number. He said to me, if you're not making $200,000 a year from your show, then what's up? And he didn't say it in a, in an accusatory manner. He said it in a way that I'm like, geez, I'm not making any money from my show. How, what am I supposed <laughs> to do here? And it really turned my brain into thinking differently. And he invited me to the first new media summit. And from that point on, we haven't taken a look back and we've made hundreds of thousands of dollars from our show. So I, it, it's just incredible what's happened. I, I do want to ask you about that for sure. And JJ, life-changing for you too, podcasting. Because I want to well, ask Doug about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll mention that and then I'll let you guys have. I don't want to steal his time here. We love um, you. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> thank you. Uh, life changing because <laughs> as I was talking about before, you know, I use it as market research, but it's very validating. You know, many people who have a message or a mission and the things you want to talk about and things you want to share because you're learning them, usually you try to like, get everyone around you on board, your, your parents, your friends, your siblings, people who you currently are friends with and half the time, your clients, half the time, they're not interested. Right. So what do you do with that passion? And so for a lot of people, it was blogging. And for me, it became podcasting. I'd much rather talk than write. And it was way easier and I could do it more often. So I thought this is going to be my outlet. It's like my therapy. It's my therapy to get out into the world what I'm talking about. And here's the best part. If you don't like it, you get to move on. You yeah. didn't pay for it. I don't have to be rejected by you. We don't have to have a conversation about it. You literally just skip and go to the next show. But the people who are actually looking for what I'm interested in and what more of it will stay. And that is like effortless marketing to me. I just attract the right people versus trying to convince everybody that I'm around. Um, and that's the story for half the people that I know. You know, I'm tired of trying to help people who aren't interested. So I put on a podcast and all of a sudden all these people who are interested found me and they want what I have to offer. And so life changing because it really, again, validated uh, in a way that people wanted what I had to offer. I would have been doing it anyway. <laughs> so like I knew somebody somewhere <laughs> couldn't had to be somewhat like me and, and care about some of this stuff. Um, you know, and it just gave me an outlet for my own creativity and my own ideas and my own learning and to keep me accountable. And then of course, yes, you know, when, what Doug, what Doug didn't say is that when we both met, we were both married to other people. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that so too. we had no idea, like I didn't get right. into this for right. stuff like this. Right. And I had no idea that I would have friends like you, Debbie, and that I would yeah. meet people again. Like the podcasting space is just like, it's, it's like home. It's like people that are, we're all supportive of each other. And while we may not all agree or like each other's stuff, it doesn't matter. Like we all feel like we're in the same boat and we're all kind of going after similar goals with different audiences. And it really turns into abundance conversation versus a scarcity conversation of, of networking in a small room of 30 people. We are literally out in the entire world and we know that there are, you know, my people might not be their person's people or, or whatever. And and so it's really been, it's just really opened up um, that, I guess, sort of frequency of manifesting the right kinds of people. And then of course, you know, having relationships like you and Amy and Doug and, uh, and Michael yeah. and, uh, you know, and Melanie and, and just the people that 
it just takes it to, it's like, I can't explain it. It's just, yes, it's been life changing. So I now have a, a partner who, uh, is everything and more than I was asking for because I mm. would never have said podcast or an entrepreneur, but it is so fun. It is so fun it's to create so things fun. together. It's so fun to have podcasts together and it's so fun to have a show together and to be interested in the same things. And, and, uh, yeah, definitely life changing. It's totally. podtastic, man. Just podtastic. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so let me let you guys okay. feature Doug a little if, bit more. If you well, have a minute and can go in the face in the Facebook in the Facebook page or whatever, just say and say hi or whatever. That'd be awesome. If it has, I will questions. do that right now. You're the bomb diggity. Thanks, guys. I love okay. you. <laughs> love, love you, baby. Too. Bye. See you, in, see you in a few minutes. Right on the okay. other side of that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll pop in and wave. Hi. Yeah, come on in. Sit with the cat. Bye. So, so Doug, can you tell us about your four shows then? Which, because I don't think oh, I yeah. mentioned them all. Let's, all right, let's, let's see. So, I have I have a bunch of shows. Some of them I host for others, but uh, I so I have a show called the Nice Guys on Business Podcast. I have another show called TEDx, which is a a little spinoff of uh, of the TEDx talks where people come on. They they can speak for you know nine to fifteen minutes. Uh, I have another show called the BizWiz Podcast, which is a very short format. Same questions, same ten questions Q and A. Uh, we've done that show was spawned out of um, uh, New Media Summit. Uh, I co-host or I host for for hire on this show called Human with Resources, which is uh, a human resources <laughs> show dealing with innovation. I work with uh, co-host with JJ on women, men, and relationships, and I'm sure. Oh, and I have my passion Mustang, project called yeah. the Mustang Podcast, Ford Mustang, the Early Years Podcast. If you put a link in the show notes for all of those things, you will run out of space for all of those podcasts. <laughs> but I love That's doing awesome. them all. That's awesome. I, and I love, and when did you start going from one to many? Was that post JJ or pre JJ? Uh, I, I, well, I, it coincidentally happened after the relationship with JJ started, but it <laughs> happened also after I started my podcast production company where I started to realize podcasting re- is really more than just about making money. I mean, it can be about building your network. It can be about coaching. It can be about uh, a passion that you have. So there are many things that you can do uh, within podcasting. And when you have an income that can support you doing things like passion projects or not necessarily focused on making money, it makes a lot of sense to have a podcast because, man, what a great exposure to the world. You know, it is market research. Mm-hmm. Anything that you want to do, you start a podcast and it is market research for the world. That's so true. JJ was talking about that and how all of her shows have given her insights into that. Right. So I want to talk about your your shift from no income to... <laughs> Having yeah. a lot of income through podcasting because I think that that's a formula a lot of people are trying to crack the code on that are starting out, especially in podcasting. Can you speak a little to that journey? Sure. Again? Well, I think people have to realize why they get into podcasting to begin with. And one of the things I do as a podcast coach is I talk to people about, well, why are you getting into podcasting to start with? Many people are getting into it to make money. People want to do it to make money. And they think that money is, is, comes in the form of advertising and sponsorship. And that would be just be the tip, the tip, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to making money. And it's such a, a minor amount of money, especially when you're like us, average people that don't have a Joe Rogan style or Tim Ferriss or or a Ron Burgundy uh, podcast. So people get into it to make money, they get into it to grow community, and they get into it to, to build influence. And as long as you're aware of which one of those three or the priority of those three, then you're, you're much more closely aligned with how do you get to any of those three if you at least are aware of it. For example, if I were to have Gary Vaynerchuk, Ariana Huffington, you know, and, a, and a ton of people that are iconic in the world of, let's say, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurism, I'm not going to make money from them. I'm going to build my ego and I'm going to build my show's ego as a result of that. And I'm going to attract the community 
but I'm not going to make any money from them coming on the show. Um, if I want to grow my audience, I'm going to have people that are huge influencers, but not necessarily be able to make money from that other than the collection of their community. The best way for us to grow our community is to do things like this, come on other people's shows, use their community to spread our message because the people listening to my show are already listening to my show. I can't get any more from just listening other than word of mouth, which is important. But the the microwave oven of podcast community growth is to go onto other people's shows like yours. And then finally, if people want to make money, there's a few easy ways to make money, um, advertising and sponsorship, affiliate relationships, donations. Um, You can have a call to action to to sell your services to the community that you're building. But for me, the key to building uh, my my bank account through podcasting was actually inviting people on my show that are closely aligned to the message that I'm sharing, but also in a need to have a creative way and a creative outlet in this new media space to market their products and services. And what better a way to do that than through podcasting? So I always share my, my key line when people come on my show, if you want to talk about total non-sales, I mean, my, my key sales line to them when they come on my show is, now, why is it that you don't have a podcast? And that's it. And then I just shut up and listen. <laughs> you know, and when I listen to what their reason is for, for, um, for not having a podcast, whether it's I haven't found the time or I haven't found the right team or I haven't found the resources to do it, um, that's, an easy, that's an easy fix. I mean, because that's what we do. We take over yeah. the entire process for them. So as long as somebody is open to the possibility that podcasting could be a, marketing, a good marketing tool for them, then they potentially are a good client for, for us. And just a just a real quick aside from that, we've gotten so good at what we do with turning guests into clients that we've created a pre-qualification application. We've created an entire coaching program. We've created an entire system around that. And it's not a high pressure kind of, you come on my show only if you buy my podcast. I, I still have people come on my show even if they can't buy the stuff I have. But doesn't it make sense to use my podcast platform as a pre-qualifier for whether they should be buying my services or not? I build a relationship with them. It's a totally different way of looking at your podcast. So what is the the system for you? Like if you just like high level. Sure. High level is we get right now because we're so deep into episodes, we're a thousand episodes in. And I'm sure you, you, and you're how many, 500 or something like that? How many have you done? No, I only have like 200 almost. Yeah. Okay. 200 is a great number. You're more than 12, (laughs) which is about the quitting point of most podcasts. I'm getting close. I'm like 196, almost 200, something like that. All right, cool. So by by this point in your journey, you are probably getting a number of people that are requesting to be on your show, whether it's through them directly, through, uh, through an agency, through a publicist, through a publisher a number of different resources, <laughs> you know, a podcast, guest placement service. So what All we do above, is yeah. we, instead of taking just their information willy nilly, like you get it through email probably, right? And so somebody's sending you an email and their bio and their headshot and all that stuff. That's not a really good system for me because that would put me all over shotgun scattered, just trying to figure out, okay, is this guy a good or woman, a good person for my show? So whenever I get that stuff, I just send them a link. So the top down approach is fill out my pre-qualification application. Keep in mind that people are not applying to be a guest on our show. They think they are, but ultimately what they're really doing is they're applying to be my client. All right. They just don't realize it. And again, in a non-pressure way, that's just the reality of behind the scenes. If I'm going to open up the kimono, that's what people are applying to be. They're applying to be clients of our business. So top down is they're, they're sending us an application. I review it. A lot of the questions are geared towards qualifying them as a client for me to seeing if I think that they would be qualified as a client. 
If they are qualified as a client of mine, I say I send them back an email. Congrats, you made it on the show. I also ask them at that particular point about sponsorship. So if they're interested in sponsorship, they get, you know, they, they're going to get an invoice for sponsorship for that. So pre-qualification application onto the scheduling link. They come onto the show. I do an interview with them. I'm sharing their information. I'm sharing their weaknesses. I'm sharing their strengths, their wins, their victories, the, all the good stuff about them. I give them that line that I said, not a line as in a canned line, but it is a line. Why, aren't you, why haven't you started a podcast or why aren't you podcasting? They tell me why they're not or why they are. If they are, uh, if they're interested, then they become clients of mine, or at least I pitch them for the services that I have. On the other side of it, I, I, um, I have another opportunity for them to sponsor the show, which is great again. And then they get all my follow-up and they get the confirmations, they get everything, and they, and they basically are being put into the system that I'm going to create for them. So what better way for them to see the podcasting services that I have rather than, rather than just sending them like a, a sheet that has like a, a flow chart of all the stuff or the scope of work that I do. I just said, I'm doing it to you now is basically <laughs> what it comes down to. Pre-qualification application, interview, confirmation, follow-up, closed deal. Yeah, that's amazing. And and most that people simple. look at the listeners as potential clients pool, right? And you look more at... Well, that's, the, that's the long way around finding a... That's the long way to finding a client. If you're potentially right. a client of mine, what better way to find out if you're a client? Do I have to have a show, build a community, wait for my community to grow. Cause that's the other side. When people first get podcasting, they're like, how do I make money? How do I make money? How do I make money? And literally they have 25 listeners and they're like, I haven't made a damn cent from the show. How do I do this? And I'm thinking at 25 listeners, you're going to take, a, it's going to take you a long time to sell to your community unless you really have a highly engaged community that's interested in what you have. Like your Mustang community. Yeah, like the Mustang, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My Mustang community, they would like buy it. I, I just haven't figured out the product to sell them yet, but I will. I will. I'll figure that out. Mustang Sally. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. It might, have to, it might be just a fun app or something in 99 cents. I have no idea, but I'm going to figure out something. Sounds awesome. Well, hi, JJ. I think wow. Michael's about to pop on too. So uh, where do they find you if they want, if the people listening in wanted to find you, where would they go? The best place to go would be turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gift, G-I-F-T. And that will give them a little um, insight to the five ways that you can make money using podcasting as your tool. So that would be the best place to start, turnkeypodcast.com forward slash gift. Awesome. And your shows again, the names are? Uh, nice Guys Own Business, uh, SEDEX, uh, The Biz Whiz Podcast, <laughs> Women and Men in Relationships, Human with Resources, the Mustang, Ford Mustang, the earlier's podcast, JJ in the background there. <laughs> her show. And uh, I'm sure there's seven or eight more that are out there somewhere. Are you messing behind my back? That's there? so awesome. <laughs> Shouldn't give you bunny ears though. <laughs> <laughs> there. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast, but not been sure what type of equipment to use? Well, I got you covered. If you'd like to get a free podcast studio equipment recommendations guide, you can go to podcastingonpurpose.com. Thanks so much for joining in the conversation today. We will see you next time on Podcast on Purpose.